Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Going to just bear around that. So, and um, this is what the Bible says: the Magi, the wise men from the east, came to Jerusalem and asked, "Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw the star in the east and have come to worship him." Beyond the bright lights of Christmas, in the shops and all that goes on, and you know, you usually find somewhere tucked away there's a nativity scene. And it consists mostly, now, unfortunately, I couldn't think how to get a star into there, so you're going to have to just use your imagination as a star should be there. And we have the animals and the people and Joseph and Mary and, of course, baby Jesus. And, of course, this kind of story focuses us on, on the Jesus the real issue of Christmas. It's not the presents, it's not all the stuff, the razzmatazz that goes on. It's actually all about the Saviour of the world. It came in in human flesh. It's an extraordinary thought for me that God came to our world on a rescue mission for you and me. And so for that, I want us just to kind of focus in, if we can, and think about the scene of nativity. And of course, the main thing is, the thing we don't have is the star. And the star is God provides a travel guide for seekers. We see from the verses from, that it came from the east and that this star would be a guide to them and they would travel and find Christ the Saviour. The star led them to the exact location. The Christmas star was God's gift of direction. It was God's travel guide for seekers. God has in fact provided a travel guide for each one of us. Someone who points us to Jesus. And you think about in your life, God always puts someone, something in your life to show you all about Jesus. He doesn't leave us without that. The Arena Church is made up of seven different locations, well, six and one online now. And uh, Belper's a new plant. We've, we've come in not long ago. Um, and we've started to grow here and began to be family. But, but the church is made up of all different people, all different sorts of people. And uh, they come in so many different ways. This is my 28th year in ministry. And uh, strangely, it's my first time ever to preach a Christmas message because in the big churches... I never needed to do that. So it's been a nervy kind of thought for me coming in here speaking about something that's part of my life and heart. And, um, but I was just thinking through, in all the years, one of the stories I remember was a guy that came to us and um, he had seen a billboard. Now, if the kids don't know what a billboard is, it's a large thing with loads of writing on, explaining shops and all sorts of things. But he saw two different messages, Bible messages, and then someone bought him a Bible verse exactly the same. And it was his star. It was the thing that led him to ask the question that so many people ask, why are we here? What's the point? Where are we going? What are we doing? It's a question on so many people's hearts to try and figure out what this life really means. Are we born and we die and that's it? Is there a real meaning for us? Is there a real purpose? Is there something more than that? And of course, God pointed it out early on in Jesus. He gave us the answer to the question, 
the transforming life of Jesus. And so he already began to point us towards something that would lead us to ask those questions and find the answer. Let me give you a word of encouragement. Chances are in your life, at this moment, somebody or something is your star, your torch, showing you a different way. And is there in your life. If you think around about your friends, your relations, things that are happening around you, there's always a star pointing you towards Jesus. So let me encourage you with this, that you can find that in your own life if you think about it. Look for it because it's there already. And sometimes it's staring you in the face. Sometimes it's your child. Sometimes there's things going on where we ignore it that's so blatant. This Christmas, just take a moment to think about it. And of course, the stable. This is what the the scriptures say. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was born. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and they worshipped him. So let's stay focused. If you can keep focused on this, the house or the stable or some place, say the cave, was a rough place. It wasn't a hospital. It wasn't a hotel. God had provided the star, so you almost feel that he should have given something a little bit nicer than what Jesus was born into. But the fact is, he chose this place deliberately, that Jesus would be born into not the privileged, but the unprivileged. Now, when you look at the scene, and there's animals there and and things running around, I helped my friend on the farm uh, many years ago, and it was to say politely, stinking place. Um, the, the problem with, with animals is they're not house trained. And, um, and they don't kind of be nice and neatly go where they should go. And uh, so it, for me, it was one of those things of trying to help him, but at the same time, trying to miss the mess that they'd left. And of course it was timber framed, so it was smelly, it was damp, and there were vermin there. It was all the things that you wouldn't want to see But the place that God chose was a very place and very important for the reasons that God came into this world and he made a strategic decision that Jesus would be born into a place that actually wasn't the best place. Has anybody ever watched on TV Life Swap? Now, I've seen it once. Um, It's basically a program where poor people and rich people swap places. And so... The rich people have to learn what it's like to live life with little money or no money at all. And the poor people have to learn to have everything, which is a real shock to them. But but Jesus was born into the realities of life. He was harsh. He was cold. And for millions of people, that's the world they live in. It doesn't have all the treats and the things that we take sometimes for granted. Across our world today, there are people living in poverty, And Jesus came into this world, born into a place that wasn't five-star hotel. He came in for a real reason, so he could identify with you and me. And that's exactly what he did. And so he came into our world so that when we have to 
come to terms with some of the pain and some of the things that we have to deal with, Jesus understands. And so when we have to deal with fear and anxiety, when we have to deal with weaknesses and brokenness, when we have to deal with confusion and pain, when we have to deal, just like me, with the fact I was okay. And lots of people think they're okay, but I was empty. And I knew I was empty. I knew that I went to work and I earned money and I worked in the West End of London. But you know, inside, I was empty. And so I had questions because I thought I was okay, but I wasn't okay. And so it wasn't just for the broken and the people that really we would see that need Jesus. It was for me and for you. It was for people that think they're okay, but inside you know you're empty. You know there's something missing. Well, Jesus understood and he understands today. And so the stable for us is a permanent reminder that Jesus came into this world, into a broken world, into a real world to meet real people. And so this Christmas, rather than look at the nativity baby and all the stuff that goes around, which we always do, and I love, I love twinkly lights. You know, I think one of the things we should keep out of Christmas is all the lights on the houses, because I think they make such a difference. It's so lovely going home, seeing all these lights and stuff, and then you come to January and it all goes dark, and, and February, and, and then it all gets darker still. I just think we should have this little thing inside us. But you know, God lights up our world all the time. We just don't realise it. And so when, we, when we're in these places, Jesus understands us. And so we can talk to him. And so we don't have to continually hold those to ourselves. Life without advantage, he's been there. Poverty, shortage, he's been there. Discrimination, oppression, Jesus was a refugee before he was age one. Rejection, ridicule, he experienced it all. Death of loved ones, multiple times he experienced it. Physical pain, more than you will I ever experience. Separation from his father, he's experienced it. Do you know, Jesus identifies with us because he came for real people. He came with a message of life where there wasn't life. He came to rescue us because we needed rescuing. And so we see how important the stable is because it shows us that we need to approach him humble and heartfelt trust. And we can pour out our hearts to him. Do you know, in the moments you're on your own where everything seems to be lost and your world is whirling around and you don't know who to talk to, you can talk to him. Do you know when you've got no one who understands you, doesn't know what's going on inside you, doesn't really appreciate what you're going through, he does. Male or female, he does. And so we can talk to him about some of the issues of life rather than try and deal with them ourselves. And this generation of young people are having to try and deal with life on their own terms and not doing it too well. And so there's somebody you can talk to always and the manger the ordinary becomes extraordinary now how many people would really know what the manger means if we didn't talk about it at Christmas because it's not a word we particularly kind of bring up this is what the scripture says today in the town of David a saviour has been born to you he is Christ the Lord this will be a sign to you you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lined 
in a manger. So the last time, the last point, we're going to zoom in again on the manger because it actually is just basically a feeding trough. And sometimes it was wood, sometimes it was stone. It was to feed the animals. That was all it was there for. So why is it extraordinary? Because the Son of God was born in a manger, a feeding trough. And he became extraordinary. The Son of God came into our world, born into a trough. And so he came in once again because he wanted to change ordinary to extraordinary. He wanted your life to have real meaning to it. And every time I speak to people, you know, I've been a counsellor for 20 years. There's so much more in you than you ever realise. There's so much more in you than you'll ever appreciate or even get to live. And God came into this world so that you could have life and life in abundance, full life. He didn't come so that you could just bow out having done your little stint through and passed it on. He came that you might live. And for so many people I meet, they don't live. They're breathing, but they don't live. They have desires and, and, and they have things that they want to do in their life, but they never do them. And they accept they never will do them. They accept they'll never get there. And so they put up with where they are. Do you know you were meant for more than that? And that's what God demonstrated when Jesus came into the world, that you were meant for more than this. You could be more than this. He wants you to live a life that's full. He wants you to have ambitions and desires inside you that are fulfilled. And I'm saying it not because it's nonsense and, you know, I'm not saying you're going to become a brain scientist or, but you would be very welcome at this time, but because you are meant for more than this. And so one of the things that really affects me is when I have to meet people that accept they're less than what they are because you weren't meant to be that. And so God demonstrated this by making an ordinary thing extraordinary. So it became a, a symbol to us that this was for you and for me. Millions of people across our world from every walk of life have found the transforming life of Jesus in their own personal lives. Although they might still be living below the, the, the bread line, They've got joy in their heart. They have peace. They have something that for many of us, we don't know what it means. We want happiness because happiness is what we think makes us happy. But it doesn't make us happy because it has to happen to us. And the minute we have it, we want more. We're always driving and striving for something more to make us feel that we have some purpose and that we are actually happy. Joy is something that happens inside you. It's something we draw on when we just remember Jesus. It is an incredibly different story. And so for this, every language, every tribe, every colour, every class, rich to poor, have found the transforming grace and love of Jesus in their life. And that's open to all of us at this Christmas. So the nativity play becomes real to us because it has more meaning to us there's no cover-up for some of us. For years, I, I excused myself, I explained myself, I made good arguments for myself. I was brought up in an atheist family, so it wasn't hard. But, do you know, inside I knew that actually I was running away, I was lying, and I was trying to get away with things. So I came to a point in my life where I felt, I don't want to do this anymore. 
I don't want to live like this anymore. And so I made a choice in my own room just to kind of invite Jesus in. And that's the difference for me. I realised that the things that God had for me, I wasn't living or even attempting to live. I wasn't bad lad. I wasn't like a lot of my friends who went to prison and got caught up in all sorts of things. I was okay, but I knew that if I came to a holy and pure God, I would not pass the test. And so I had to come to the point of realising I couldn't do this on my own. I needed something. I needed Jesus to come and do that for me. And that's exactly why he came into our world, because he made a way where there is no way. And you know, for you and me, we can't do this on our own. We cannot make it on our own. We can't earn it. We can't buy it. We can't barter for it. The gift is a free gift, but it has to be accepted. And like every gift, you have to unwrap it. And that's exactly what Jesus came into our world to do, to say, will you accept me? Do you want me in your life? And so for many of us, we have to ask the questions. Why am I here? What's the purpose? Where are we going? What's this all about? And suddenly when you get Christ in your life, it makes sense. For the first time, it all makes sense. Life makes sense. Purpose, getting up in the morning, seeing the world in a different way. And so this is what it all brought to us. So when we read the story, it says that they all fell to their knees in repentance. God is pure and holy. They knew they had missed the mark. They knew they'd messed up. And so they asked for forgiveness. And that's what we need to do. We need to come to a place of realising that we've messed up and we can't make it. And we need to ask for forgiveness. Now, for proud people, and I was one, a really proud people, and, and I think probably my wife and my daughter would say, I'm still quite like that. I'm quite argumentative. I argue with God all the time because I think I know better than he does and I probably could do it better. But in the end of the day, I always come to the place of accepting that I don't know it all and I haven't got the answers and I need to find forgiveness in him. It says they fell on their knees and cried out for grace and mercy. God gives us what we don't deserve. If he did, none of us would have a chance. But he gives us grace and mercy to all those who cry out to him and ask him to come into their life. They fell to the knees in worship, saying, you are worthy of all my praise and of all my worship. Praise is, is giving back to God something that we want to. Do you know, when we praise each other, when you, particularly mums and dads, when they say to their children, you know, you've done really great, well done, you've, you've got where you needed to be, I'm really proud. That's praise. And it's exemplified by the way that we praise God. Worship is an act of sacrifice. It's a life thing. It's not just about singing songs. It's about giving my life to worship him. In every aspect of my life, I worship God. And this is what he's called us to. And so this, this nativity scene brings so much to us. So wherever you're going this Christmas, whatever you're going to do this Christmas, look for the star. And remember, God provided travel guides for people seeking. Look to the stable. Don't forget God decided not to shelter his son. He let him go through what you and I experienced so he could be sympathetic saviour. He knows and understands. And look at the manger. Jesus comes and resides in ordinary lives. Just like the feeding trough, the ordinary becomes extraordinary. 
So there's a choice to be made for all of us. We can simply sit and watch another Christmas go by in the nativity scene, or we can choose to fall on our knees and invite Christ into our life to make a difference. This could be your special day, a day that changes your life forever. We can allow Jesus to be a transforming feature in our life, or we can simply just let it all pass by again. What are you going to choose to do this Christmas? What's going to be your choice? Because these are important moments for us. You know, you came here tonight and we came to sing some carols, but you also came here because you wanted to be around something. The children love carol service. They love to be around all these things. But actually, big people need to hear the message just as much that Christ came into our world to die for each one of us that we might live and have life. Let's bow our heads together and just pray. So if you will.